Hi, I'm Perry, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Hello and welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real cosmetic chemists answer your beauty product questions and give you an insider's look at the cosmetic industry. This is episode 287, the first one of the year. I'm your host, Perry Romanowski, and with me today, as always, or as usually, Valerie George. Hello, Valerie. Hello, Perry. Happy New Year. Yes, it is a whole new year. Well, uh, Valerie... We're back with a new show, and on today's show, we've got a few questions we're going to answer from our patrons. Uh, our Acrylate's copolymer, water-soluble, is, what's, where's the prospects for finding a job for a cosmetic chemist in the United States? We're going to answer questions about uh, May Lindstrom's blue cocoon oil, and we're also going to talk about menthol. Is it really doing anything, or is it just... Uh, you know, something that we like to do. But before that, Valerie, it's a new year. Uh, and, you know, January is always one of my favorite times of the year because uh, I get to reset all of my goals. <laughs> now, yep. I did okay. I, I do this whole spreadsheet every year that I've been doing since, boy, 2003. So, boy, I have wow. a lot of, I know, I have a That's lot a of That's a big data. spreadsheet. <laughs> well, I make a new one every year, but I do have an archive one that has all of them. But yeah, I just make a, so I make the date on one side and then I just have all my goals at the top and then I put a like little tracking thing about, you know, running and juggling and push-ups and the like. Is that how you know how many days in a row you've done something? I do. That is another way I do that too. And I write down everybody I've seen and talked to. Well, all the important people. So I could go back and look how many times did I see or talk to Valerie last year and I can oh, tell you. Oh wow, I didn't know you did that. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose somebody could look at it like that or well, I Well, it's kind of like your like, diary, right? It's exactly. It's like Descartes said famously, is the unexamined life really worth living? So, or was that Socrates? I don't know. One of those guys. <laughs> Maybe neither. I don't know. Well, I also like this time of year because new year, new me, fresh starts and I also make resolutions. One that I've been trying to do in the last couple of years is book club. We talked on, about it on the last show. I didn't get to uh, hit all my goals for uh, reading books last year because I started a business, but uh, oh, I'm God. on track. We're halfway through the first week almost of 2022, and I've read part of a book. So right. on track <laughs> so far. That is excellent. Well, I actually have a book goal too, uh, uh, and I... <laughs> okay. I've already read three books. So <laughs> now I have to say, though, the one book I read mostly last December, but I finished it like on January first. It, it does not count. Oh, it, it well according to the the Valerie count. I, that's okay. <laughs> when would I count it though? For last year? Uh, you would not get to count it. That's your penalty yeah, for you being caught in between. At all. There you go. Well, you know, a book I did read, uh, which is is it's driven me a little bit insane. Um, the, the Maria Kondo, the magic tidying up art, the magic art of tidying up. Yeah. How is that? I say it's, it's pretty good. You got to sort of cut away the sort of, uh, woo woo fluffers, but the whole, the system, uh, where you sort all your stuff and just get rid of everything. (laughs) It's pretty good. But unfortunately it's like one of the things to do is she says, take a whole 
take all your clothes and put them in a pile and then pick them up and say, does this bring me joy? And if it does, you keep it. If it doesn't, you throw it out. Have you tried it? I have. And so it, it caused me to get rid of a lot of pairs of socks that had holes in them. <laughs> so, so. See, I'm like, uh, I could sew these and fix them. I, well, I would that's have been what a good like popper in, back in the day. I, I, I would, I, hey, I've darned my own socks. You take a light bulb, you put it up in your sock, and you stitch it with thread. Yep. I did that a few times, and then my wife looked at me, and she says, what are you doing? <laughs> like, It's a perfectly just, good sock. Just, it just has a little hole just, in it. <laughs> just buy new socks. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so. Sometimes you have to do what the wife says. Yeah. yeah you do. Mm-hmm. No, it, it makes sense the, the, to do that mostly. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, we we will keep our listeners apprised of all our goals uh, over the course of the year, which we often do throughout the show. So stay tuned to Indeed. hear more about what we're up to. And we always like to hear other people's goals. So maybe we'll put up a an Instagram little thing and say, "What's your goals?" We can do that. You know what else we can do? We talk about our predictions. Well, that that t- is tied right into goals because. Uh, Mr. Cosmetic Chemist, you know, I was having a conversation with him, uh, you know, last week, and I was trying to get out of him what his favorite beauty products were for 2021. And (laughs) he's like, I don't have any. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I mean, there has to be a product you liked. And he said, I'm not like you. I don't use a product and think, hmm, do I like this product or not? I just use it. And I'm like, wow. He... Who is he? <laughs> who who uses something and doesn't at least say, hmm, I like the smell of this, or, oh, I feel clean, or, oh, my skin feels soft. He has none of those thoughts. You know, when I was uh, working at a company developing products, we had a market research group, and they like to create avatars for consumers. And one was the uh, Trendy Trixies, and there was the Suddenly Seeking Susans. But one of the group, and that was the group that mostly used VO5 shampoo, they called the Basic Bettys or the Basic Bobs. <laughs> and I think yeah, Mr. Mr. Cosmetic, Cosmetic Chemist, Chemist is a, basic, like a Bob. basic Bob. Yeah. So then the conversation led into, well, do you have any beauty goals uh, or just, you know, goals in, in the beauty arena or, you know, just about your appearance uh, for 2022? He has none. And I tried to talk to him about what ingredients he thought might be hot this year because he's a consumer. He goes out to the store, in the, in the liquor store. And, you know, last year he told me, oh, my gosh, watermelon's so hot. And he, like, took a picture of, you know, some watermelon stuff at the at the liquor store. Sure. But uh, this year he just said surfactants and emollients. And I said, those are products or ingredients, you know, specific ingredients. He's turns out he's just parroting stuff he's heard me say. Oh, yeah. He's just like, I've just heard you use those words before. So (laughs) he's learning something. He is learning something, a little science. But, you know, that's the problem with marketing cosmetic products. Everybody uses emollients and surfactants and you can't really make a point of differentiation with your product with them. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, there you go. Well, I'm glad to see that uh, Mr. Cosmetic Chemist is taking an interest in uh, in the show and and what you do. And uh, he's yeah. not. He actually didn't want me to talk about this. <laughs> uh, he doesn't but, listen to the show anyway, does he? <laughs> yeah, forget him. He'll never know. Ah, huh. well, I he does not. I have to say, Mr. Cosmetic Chemist does not sound 
that much different from me because I looked at my goals that I put together, uh, 100 of them or so, and uh, in uh, one of them was to lose 20 pounds, which would get me to a, a standard BMI rate, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I never do. But uh, none of them was <laughs> had anything to do with what I look like. Although there was one to floss my teeth every single day, so I'm I'm on that. Yep. Yeah. Me too. We had our own. Uh, beauty predictions I, I like to do a little beauty prediction so next year at the end of the year show we can see how we did and so let's look at those three different categories what's your predictions for uh, a, an upcoming general trend in 2022 i think people are going to become immune and sick of hearing about clean beauty so i think we're going to see this not necessarily anti-clean beauty trend but i think pretty soon consumers will be numb to it. It's like seeing the Proposition 65 warning for the state of California everywhere. You just don't really yeah. notice it anymore. Even when you're grabbing your Starbucks, you're like, oh, I don't notice that there's a, you know, this coffee might cause cancer warning um, posted. So I think clean beauty people will become numb to and marketers will have to think of new tactics to make their products or ingredient procurement strategies stand out. Good luck to Credo Beauty and clean at Sephora, too. <laughs> there you go. It's going to yeah. be clean everywhere. Yep. Well, I, I think um, I, I got two, uh, I got a couple ideas here. First, I think nail art is going to see a big resurgence. Yeah, I have seen some of that already. Mm-hmm. And press on nails. I have to be honest with you, that was... Uh, uh, my wife's idea there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I knew it. I'm like, how did Perry see nail art? All right, I'm gonna. I made. A, I made this one up though myself. I think there's going to be companies are going to start launching products that are going to give you a filter-worthy face. So you know, there's filters, mm. and this is going to be like products that are designed that are going to give you that look. Very so. interesting. I think that's a good prediction. And how about hot ingredients? Wow. Well, I think there are a few that I'm seeing resurgences on from from way back when. So. You know, maybe it's a new technology that's come about from them, uh, like a new twist on an old ingredient. But I actually think we're going to see a lot of fermented ingredients, whether it's extracts or oils. I think we're going to see a lot of that. A lot of fermented talk. Okay, I I think I I got two here, but one is I think you're going to start seeing liquid nitrogen talked about for skin treatments. Well, I mean, you can go to the dermatologist and get that, right? When they freeze your warts off and stuff like that. Right, right, right. But it's going to be like at home, not necessarily liquid nitrogen, but brands will start talking about how there's liquid nitrogen in their products or something. So like ammonia? Because that's liquid <laughs> nitrogen in a way, right? Well, in a, in a way. but I, Ammonium yeah. hydroxide? Yeah. Well... <laughs> And the chemist will mock the marketers, of course. Well, it's just that we're literal people. So I'm like, exactly. you know, I'm just are. trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> well, here's another one. You know how CBD has been sort of on the outs? Yes. Here's the next generation I see for CBD. EGF. So. Endocrine growth factor? Right. Growth factors, right? But it's yeah. but the EGF and, you know, CBD. EGF. Oh, <laughs> I get, oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're bad. Look for those. Look for those. All right. We got one more category before we answer uh-huh. some questions. How about uh, 
you know, we were talking. We always talk about celebrities launching their own product line. Mm. Who's your prediction for who's going to this year launch a product line? A celebrity launching a product line. Are we excluded from mentioning people we've already talked about? Right. I mean, people like it has to be a new one. They Not already have that, their line, yeah. We yeah, already have no. our finger on the pulse, so like no Harry Styles or something. Right, no existing lines. I'm going to say, and it's tough because so many celebrities have lines. Right. It's almost like, gee, who doesn't have a line, right? Uh, I had I'm, to look up to make sure the ones I predicted uh, do not have lines, and as far as I can tell, they don't. So. Okay, I'm going to say Adele. Adele. Okay, that's uh, I see that Lady Gaga has it. Uh, yep. Rihanna has. Okay, Adele. I see. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. That's a good one. Good one. Okay, I've got, I've got two. Kelly Ripa. I think she's gonna come out with a line. What makes you think that? Well, she's like a spokesperson for uh, I don't know Estee Lauder or one of the brands, and I just think it's like a natural, natural leap where. Like, She's already sort of been able to show herself to sell a product, and I, I just think I think it's I think it's time. And now here's my stretch Very one. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Here's my stretch one. Okay, look for this. If this happens, this is like a home run, but or it's more of a hail mary. But I think Pete Davidson is going to come out with a line. Who's Pete Davidson? You said celebrities, Perry. Yeah, no, he's the guy from Saturday Night Live. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm so out. Oh, oh, Dating yes. Kim Kardashian. Yes. It's all clicking now. Oh, my yes. goodness. I I see Ugh. him coming out with a line. I mean, that'd be really, it'd be really interesting to see it would win most interesting uh, line of the year, I think. <laughs> I just think, you know, he's going to be around the Kardashians. He's got sort of a bad boy name recognition. He's got They've a lot of They've created multiple though. lines before, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. If any of those happens, we are certainly going to tell you about it here on the Beauty Brains. All right, what else do we got here, Valerie? Well, the uh, beauty industry often comes out with uh, you know their own trend predictions based on uh, roundups from different uh, trend reporting networks. And, you know, some of the trends that, uh, you know, we've talked about in the last year or even today um, are coming up. And it's interesting because a lot of these, I feel like, are things that have been around, but now they're they're coming back. So they're a bit recycled. So, of course, waterless beauty has sure. been, um, you know, talked about immensely in the last year or two. Um, but high puff hairstyles are coming back. So lots of texture. Uh, you know, they say uh, the, the higher the hair, the closer you are to God. We are going to see that in 2022. You mean like from the 1980s or something? <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll look and then, for the mullet. They, I guess I'm going to start wearing a mullet again. <laughs> the mullet actually is on the list. Um, rebel cuts are going to be um, a trend because people people want things that you notice. So um, you notice a mullet, you notice a bobcut wig, you notice a mohawk. Um, And so these trends uh, have really been in demand uh, in searching on the internet. And then also nailscapes. So nails with tons of art on them um, made the list. So you were kind of right. And I I know you didn't see this article. So I did not see the article. No. Yes. Very interesting. We'll see how many of them come true one year from now. We we will. And, you guys will have to wait do, a while. You bet we're gonna cash in our big money because 
<laughs> All right. Uh, Valerie, I think we got one more news story here about that space, that NASA skincare one. Oh, gosh. Well, do you guys remember on the show, we've talked about it a couple times, where a device has come out called Droplet, and it was a device created by people who have worked uh, with NASA and their MIT scientists. Well, they have recently raised a lot of money in fundraising to continue to develop their brand. They have received over $15 million in Series B investments. And I just bring it up because, you know, honestly, we've kind of shed some doubt about the device. We've actually had one of our fans who bought the device write in and say, hey, I don't know if it's working, uh, you know, with all the products they have. And so I just thought it was kind of funny because... You know, we haven't felt 100% confident about the technology and whether or not it really works. It transforms ingredient serums into ultra-fine micro-droplet mist that painlessly absorbs up to 20 times deeper in the skin than topical serum mm. application. And we won't even get into how thin the skin is. So really, how far is that going? Yeah, but anyway, um, you know, people are into it. They're getting a lot of money. So I thought that was kind of neat that, you know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're not wrong. I don't know. Well, I think what it does demonstrate is that while we might be cosmetic formulation experts, we're not cosmetic product experts, or at least the ones that are going to be We're not marketing experts. Right. Yeah. And a (laughs) lot of the products that you buy, the reason they're successful is not necessarily because how well they work or how good the formula is. A lot of it is how good is the marketing. Exactly. They don't teach you marketing in cosmetic chemistry school. No, they don't. And thank goodness. I'm not sure I would have enjoyed it. But I didn't go to cosmetic chemistry school. I went to chemistry school. I did too, yeah. <laughs> we we learned all our cosmetic chemistry on the job like people used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not oh, the man. internet. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking of not the internet and answering questions, why don't we move on to some beauty questions? Well, Valerie, we got four questions today, all sent in from our patrons. Incidentally, uh, if you notice, there are no commercials in the show. Uh, That's because we are supported by our patrons, and if you want to support the show and make sure we don't have any commercials in the future, uh, go to patreon.com slash thebeautybrains and subscribe. And you also get your questions answered more quickly than anybody else. Our patrons on Patreon. Thank you. So our first question comes to us from patron Ruth. She says, Hello, I finally found a product that had great results for my curly hair. Now, I'm not sure if my unicorn elixir will have a long-term negative results. First are the Acrylates Copolymer in the Eros Elixir Defrizzer Gel Water Soluble. I'll use a clarifying shampoo or a vinegar rinse every other week, but not sure if this is going to damage my hair over time. Also, their Structure Styling Cream has phenyltrimethicone. It's the 28th ingredient on the list. So figured a small amount would not be too much of an issue. Be well and Happy New Year. Valerie, are you familiar with this Arojos uh, Elixir product? Well, I'm familiar with the brand. Uh, I've tried the products before. And do you know who Arojos is? Do you know who the brand is? Is that... Isn't that rooster in Spanish or something? I don't know that answer. <laughs> I don't know that uh, answer. But Arojos <laughs> is the brand that celebrity stylist Nick Arojo is behind. Oh. And that wow. may, may be familiar to many people because he actually was the makeover guy on the show What Not to Wear that used to be on TLC where there was uh, a woman named Stacy and a guy named 
Clint or something like that. I, I vaguely recall this show. Make over yeah. people's wardrobe. And he was the guy at the end of the show who would get their hair and makeup in order for their physical makeover as well. And I always enjoyed uh, watching that part of the show because he always did such a nice job uh, making over the guests. So he has his own hairline as a celebrity hair person. So that's the product that Ruth got. And well, first of all, like from a chemistry standpoint, the first question's easy enough. Uh, Acrylate's copolymer is a water-soluble uh, ingredient. So yes, it is water-soluble, and if it's in a shampoo, it's going to rinse down your drain. It's not going to build up on your hair, especially since it's not uh, cationically charged. Yeah. It was interesting. In the ingredient list, though, they also include carbomer, and carbomer and the acrylates copolymer kind of do the same things, so... Uh, perhaps uh, it was uh, from a blend of with another ingredient, uh, maybe one of the silicones. But uh, uh, yes, yeah, it is. It could water be. Soluble. I have seen people using both before, which is, yeah. you know, to your point, very uh, interesting. And as far as the damaging hair over time using this product, I don't see any problems using this product over time. No, and even the uh, clarifying shampoo and vinegar rinse every other week. Uh, you know, every other week isn't that big of a deal. I think it's really important to use a clarifying shampoo once in a while because, you know, if you're using very conditioning shampoos, um, you know, it's hard to get that clarifying um, on the hair, which means, you know, kind of getting everything uh, off of your hair and scalp, natural oil buildup, skin buildup, yeah. that kind of stuff. So it's a nice way to reset your hair. It's a good time frame. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure how much benefit the vinegar rinse is. I know this is popular on the internet it, it smells i don't like it i have actually tested it on trusses and things and i could never see any benefit to a vinegar rinse in between like a shampoo and conditioner or something like that uh but you know if it makes people feel happy to make their hair smell every so often <laughs> um I, I don't think there's any big harm in it i just don't think you're really getting much benefit from that mm-hmm. and finally she mentions the structure styling cream and Phenyl trimethicone. Uh, what do you think of that ingredient? I really like phenyl trimethicone. It is excellent for shine. It's really the gold standard that uh, raw material suppliers use. When they have an ingredient for shine, they say, hey, let's compare it against phenyl trimethicone, which really is the shine leader in the hair hair world. And so that's the standard that they go against. So phenyl trimethicone, excellent for shine. And you really don't have to use a lot, uh, which yeah. probably explains why it's, what, 28th in the ingredient list for that product. I mean, it's probably not the 28th most populous ingredient in there. They're going to put all the claims ingredients ahead of it. Anything under 1% can be put in any order. And some people might be afraid of the trimethicone piece, so they're going to hide it mm-hmm. uh, farther down in the list. But uh, it is a small amount, and like I said, you don't need to use a whole lot anyway in a formula, so it shouldn't yeah. be an issue uh, for your hair. It actually really probably is even beneficial, and it can uh, easily come off of the hair. It's not going to build up a whole lot. So you like phenyl trimethicone a little better than, say, dimethicone? I do. Yeah, I, th- I think it offers way better uh, shine without uh, the greasiness. Sometimes dimethicone, depending on the different cut that it is, can be a yeah. little heavier, greasy. Uh, you can blend it with lower senestoke, meaning really thin and volatile dimethicones. Yeah. I think I think phenyl trimethicone's the, the gold standard for a reason. It's, it's pretty good. Oh, sure, sure. And, uh, you know, another thing that's nice about it, that's not nice about dimethicone is... 
it's a lot easier to use in production. <laughs> we used to have this barrel of 55 gallon barrel of dimethicone, which was just thicker than molasses. And to see the <laughs> compounders trying to put that into a batch, <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny yeah. enough, oh, the compounders gosh. always got exactly the amount they were supposed to in there. At least that was written down on the sheet. I'm not sure they always hit it. We know but, how that works. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny how all the data always matches every time. It always does. Incredible. All right. Our next question comes to us from Sarah. Sarah asks, good afternoon, Perry and Valerie, longtime listener here. A few years ago, when I relocated from Chicago to Cincinnati, I was inspired by one of your episodes mentioning the cosmetic chemistry program at UC, which is University of Cincinnati. Fast forward to today, I'm a semester away from graduating with my BS in chemistry and have already started my graduate courses in cosmetic science. I know there are a lot of jobs available here, but I dream of raising my son back in Chicago. Is there much of a market for cosmetic chemists in the Windy City? I am also a hairstylist of 10 years, and I feel I can provide a great practical perspective. Whenever Valerie would talk about the salon testing site, I felt that kind of job would literally be my dream. How does one even find a magical place like that? Thank you for the inspiration, the knowledge, and the wonderful banter we all love. Well, thanks, Sarah. Yeah, that was nice. But, you know, Valerie, she mentions the Windy City. You know why Chicago is called the Windy City? Because there's a lot of wind? That's what a lot of people think. No, it was they actually got that nickname because the politicians in Chicago would talk a lot, and so they got the name Windy City. That's where the breeze comes from. Yeah, exactly. But there is also a lot of wind here, so I will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was going to say I've been there, and it's uh, you know. Yeah, it gets a little pretty breezy. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting question she has, and back in the day when I started in the cosmetic industry, back in the early '90s. Chicago was a hub for hair care. We had Alberto Culver, which is a company that I worked at, famous for VO5 and Tresemme. And we also had a little company named Helene Curtis. Uh, They were the ones who came up with Suave. They came up with Finesse, Salon Selectives, a ton of products. Well, about 15 or I guess probably about 20 years ago, Helene Curtis got bought by Unilever Mm -hmm. and they ran them for about 10 years until finally shutting them down here in Chicago. And then Alberto Culver was the lone company here. And then Unilever bought them in 2011 and shut them down too. So all of that, all of the main hair care companies uh, that used to be here in Chicago are not here any longer. They're all gone, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, there are still some contract manufacturers uh, who make all kinds of products for for different brands and things. Um, I I think L'Oreal still does have uh, a hair care presence here in Chicago. Uh, But as far as finding the the dream job like that, uh, you probably would have a tough time. Although I will say that we do have a number of raw material suppliers here, surfactant suppliers and and distributors and such. And they actually do hire uh, people to test formulas on using their raw materials and so there's there's still some job opportunities here in chicago but most of the cosmetic jobs are on the different coasts of the united states of course california has a number of things yeah one good rule of thumb i like to use is to look where the society of cosmetic chemists has chapters because that means they have a big enough base of different 
companies, whether it's contract manufacturers, brands, raw material suppliers, testing companies in that specific area, wherever they have a chapter, so that you have a pretty good chance of finding employment. Of course, there are lots of companies that are not in your chapters, but that's a really good rule of thumb to use. And by joining the Society of Cosmetic Chemists, you'll start to hear about all the different types of companies there are and learn more about the operations that they have. So let's say you are in Cincinnati, you join the SEC, you can start to attend meetings. And honestly, the salesmen for ingredients have all the information you need because you, you can make these connections and they're calling on other people around the entire U.S. or in different regions and can fill you in on, you know, what companies have labs with a salon testing site integrated into it. They know all the answers. So I really think if you uh, look at the SEC, which is the Society of Cosmetic Chemists, look at all the 19 chapters that they have in the United States and Canada and see where the chapters are and start to network. And you can learn more about who's hiring and, and how it all works. And also importantly, figure out what kind of worker you are. Like maybe a brand's not for you. Maybe you're meant for the contract manufacturing life. And so, you know, you can also figure out what what type of company you want to be at, big or small. So California has a number of places for jobs, as does New York. Those were the main places. The hot spots, But yeah. there are jobs, you know, around the country. Uh, Dallas has uh, Mary Kay's down there. So there's, there's a lot of places. But... There's there's not as many as there were. There's been a lot of consolidation. But the nice part about the industry is that anybody with a dream and an idea, it's it's never been easier to start your own line uh, than it has been today. That is for sure. All right. Our next question comes to us from Patreon. Uh, Savesti says, thanks so much for the work you do and all the information. Since I started listening to your podcast, I have learned so much. I've got two questions, please. Uh, First, what do you do for skin that gets really dehydrated in the winter? And my usual creams don't work. And number two, what's your opinion of May Lindstrom's Blue Cocoon Oil? I've heard amazing reviews, but not sure if it's worth the price. I like how uh, Sebesti got two questions in. So let's go with the first one. Super clever, yeah. Yeah, let's go with the first one. Uh, What? About uh, skin and winter, because right now I'm sitting here in Chicago, and it's like 20 degrees Fahrenheit here. <laughs> but nice and toasty pretty... in your home. Right, right. It's My skin is pretty dry, though. And if I was a better cosmetic consumer, I would have been putting skin lotion on my hands. And had an air humidifier pumping in your room. Right. But I'm more of a meditator, and I just don't notice things about myself. <laughs> Like, yeah. like dry hands. <laughs> well, you know, skin gets dry in the winter because there's low humidity. You're constantly moving in between varying temperatures. Yeah. And it's something that everyone has an issue with, I think, no matter where you live. So sure, some places in the U.S. are worse than others. But I think in the winter, we can all say, man, lower humidity, lower temperatures, heaters on, sucking the life out of our skin. And so you have yes. to get... Uh, hydration back into it. And if your usual creams aren't working, I of course would recommend, you know, trying some other products, but I think the routine piece is really important. A lot of people just put something really heavy on, uh, yeah. like an occlusive agent or maybe like a really heavy cream that's waxy and buttery. Uh, but at the end of the day, you don't have 
uh, water content in your skin. So you first have to get the water content back into your skin and then you got to keep it in with um, right. a product like uh, something with petrolatum that's occlusive, you know, can also be greasy, but maybe your usual moisturizer if you up the ante on the hydration aspect or trying uh, different creams, but then you got to keep on it. You know, this stuff wears off your skin uh, just by rolling around in your bed and um, yeah. you know, moving around about the day. Well, sometimes I'll put petrolatum or just Vaseline on my fingers before I go to sleep. Uh-huh. And I wake up the next morning and it's not on my fingers anymore. So mm-hmm. <laughs> penetrate into my skin a little bit or, or your get sheets. wiped up on, on my sheets. <laughs> it's yeah. in your sheets. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But it does make my fingers feel better. So uh, something like that can help. Um, but really it's just use more product, I guess. Yeah. Um, get the no, hydration your in your skin, lock yeah. it in with something that prevents the water loss. Absolutely. All right. How about this second question? I've not heard of this blue cocoon oil, but when I looked it up on the website, $180? What? Yeah. You know, but I will say, so I actually have this product. Oh, of course you do. (laughs) I'm in a bit of a torment with it because, or I should say I'm tormented by it. I'm a little bit tormented by it, Perry, because, yeah, it's that expensive and it's only like two ounces, but a little does go a long way. It's essentially a bomb. And I sell people ingredients to make bombs. You can make them all day. Uh, I can tell you the ingredients don't really cost that much. Um, but, you know, sure. it's like the shea butter and, and cocoa butter and um, different oils that are present in this blue cocoon bomb. It looks like it's all it's all oils, yeah? Yeah, it exactly has a lot of oils in it because it's a, they call it a melting bomb to oil. And so the thing is, it's not like an ordinary moisturizer where you just, you know, put your fingers in and take a bunch out and put it on your skin. It's actually used extremely sparingly um, just because of, of the nature of it. And a little goes and a that little it's long a, way. And it's $180. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, mm. yeah, but no, you really don't need a lot because it uh, has a really nice low melting point so that it'll uh, spread nicely over your skin. So you really don't need a whole lot. And in fact, I have a container that's lasted quite a bit of time. But the real thing why I like it is because it's not just about the product. You know, May Lindstrom is really about the ritual and having... Um, inner peace and a routine and just being, you know, with yourself in that moment and, and performing the ritual on yourself. And so I actually really like the aromatherapeutic part of this bomb. And, uh, it's a really nice, um, blend of different, um, super critical CO2 extracts and oils, uh, you know, and not just oil, like, Oh, you know, sunflower seed oil or, or whatever. Um, I'm talking sure. essential oils and different fragrant extracts that are um, oil soluble in the product. And I use this product at night. And so for me, when I use this in conjunction with my routine, uh, I know it's nighttime and that helps, you know, calm my mind down and get me ready for bed. So for that part, I like it. But, you know, if it's worth the price, you know, if you just pick it up, you know, is is it technically worth 180 bucks? Probably not, but uh, I think they did a nice job on on blending the fragrances and um, just their messaging is really nice. And it's a a small brand; they make everything by hand, and it lasts a long time. So I feel like per it's, use, you're getting a little bit of money out of it. Right, it's more of an experiential one. Now, I was thinking it's 50 mils, 180 dollars. So each little scoop that you do, 
is $3.50 about. <laughs> Not sure if I did the math right, but I was thinking if it's just that, I mean, that's like how much it's going to cost you for a Starbucks coffee. So you're just doing it once a day. So. Yeah, but I feel like it lasts longer because, again, I barely oh, really? use okay. any. And, and it just it really melts into your hand. And so, like, you don't usually put a ton of oil on your skin, right? Yeah. Um, and I also right. put it on damp skin, which helps um, spread it out a little bit. But, yeah, for me, it's it's the ritual. That's what I like about it. All right. We got time for one more. Oh, who is it? This one comes to us from Timothy, and Timothy is actually a prolific question asker uh, and a Patreon, too, so we're always happy to answer his questions. He says, hi, Beauty Brains. I'm curious, is there any evidence supporting the use of menthol in skincare, and particularly in aftershaves? Does it actually benefit the skin, or do we goofballs just like the way it feels and call it a day? Love the show. I check my podcast app every week, hoping for a new episode. I just love it so much. Thank you for being trusted experts. Timothy, our number one fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if he's our number one fan, but he's our number one I- interactor, maybe. Sure. And we like the interactors. <laughs> yeah, I think there's people the who, who would fight for number one fan if they had to. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is such an interesting question because as a cosmetic chemist, I'm adding menthol to products for one fragrance it has an olfactive character that it imparts to anything M- menthol you know you can remember it's mintol <laughs> that's how i always remember it it smelled <laughs> like mint um sure. but we know menthol you know if you walked into uh you know a pharmacy you would know it from topical products that you know were designed for pain relief or numbing and there are some studies available on the role and mechanism of menthol in different topical products for pain mitigation. Right. It's a, it's a counter irritant, I, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, so it's actually the FDA, it's approved by the FDA as a counter irritant. Yeah. But in uh, cosmetics and shaving products, I think menthol is just part of the experience. And as a formulator, you kind of have to add a little bit in there, even if the overall effect isn't to have this you know, minty, cool smelling product. It, it's an experience. You put it on your skin, your skin starts to get this tingling effect and, and cooling from the menthol. And you're like, oh, you know, my skin must be in muscles and, and all that are yeah. healing. It's something we're like already trained to because uh, menthol has been used forever so much as, like as, a, ben Gay as a pain is, reliever. Uses mm-hmm. menthol and methyl salicylate. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. and there are even some, uh, some hair care brands that are going to put menthol in the hair care, and so it gives a cooling feeling. It definitely has a cooling, chemesthetic feeling, uh, and then the odor also just you know it's it you could feel it in the back of your nostrils. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. It's Depending on how sense, yeah. how much is in there, so I think it's right. a little bit of both. So there's actually a skin benefit, not in terms of like anti aging or anything like that, but in the in the pain management. Um, an experiential piece of yeah. of benefiting the skin. And then, yeah, you're right. Uh, you goofballs just like the way it feels, and uh, that's why we put it in. That's mostly why it goes in there. <laughs> Those were Tim's words, not mine. Timothy's <laughs> words. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're not saying people who use menthol in their shaving creams are goofballs. Yeah. Speaking Timothy of goofballs, I, I hear that uh, I hear the, the music. You hear the music there, Valerie? I do. That's all we have time for, guys. Thanks for listening. 
Yeah, if you get a chance, go on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your show and leave us a review. That's going to help other people find the show and ensure we have a full docket of beauty questions to answer. Speaking of beauty questions, we do love all the questions you guys send into us on the show. We prioritize the patrons first from Patreon because they do help support the show and keep it ad free. But our second favorite set of questions to answer are audio questions. If you want to send us an audio question and have your voice appear on the show, just record it on your smartphone and email it to thebeautybrains at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our various social media accounts. On Instagram, we're at thebeautybrains2018. On Twitter, we're at thebeautybrains. And we have a Facebook page. We also have TikTok, but uh, we haven't produced anything on there yet. But this is a new year, new resolutions. And new goal for 2022. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And remember, be brainy about your beauty. Thanks, everyone. Kittens. <laughs>